Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of Building on the Rock, produced by St. Peter's Lutheran Congregation of Fond du Lac, located at 1600 South Main Street. Our congregation has had the privilege of serving our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ since 1858. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8 or 10.30 or every Thursday night at 6.30. St. Peter's serves Jesus' little lambs with a preschool through 8th grade Lutheran elementary school and supports Winnebago Lutheran Academy. We invite you to take advantage of the many opportunities that St. Peter's provides to help you build your life on the rock-solid foundation of Jesus and his word. For more information, call us at 922-1160 or visit us at stpetersfdl.net. May God bless you as together we continue building on the rock. Good evening. Welcome to our worship. We are at the second week of Lent. And we continue that journey with Jesus as he asks us in our readings and lessons today, follow me, take up your cross and follow me. I rejoice with those who said to me, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. The Lord is near to all who call on him. We turn to the season of Easter. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins. Death has been swallowed up in victory. We pray. Almighty God, grant to your church the Holy Spirit and the wisdom that comes from above. Let nothing hinder your word from being freely proclaimed to the joy and edifying of Christ's holy people, so that we may serve you in steadfast faith and confess your name as long as we live. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our readings tonight begin with a section from the first chapter of the book of Job that part of the account where he loses most everything. We read from chapter one. One day when Job's sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their older brother, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the female donkeys were grazing nearby when the Sabaeans swooped down and took them away. They put the servants to death with a sword I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another servant came and said, the fire of God fell from the sky, burned up the flocks and the servants and consumed them. And I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another servant came and said, the Chaldeans 
formed three raiding parties and plundered the camels and took them away. They put the servants to death with the sword. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another servant came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and were drinking wine in the house of the older brother. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it collapsed on the young people, and they died. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Then Job stood up, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground, and worshipped. And then he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be blessed. In all this, Job did not sin or blame God. Word of the Lord. In our third lesson, which also serves as our sermon text for this evening, Mark chapter 8, our Lord Jesus will be reminding us of our sufferings. We read, Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the experts of the law, be killed and after three days rise again. He was speaking plainly to them. Then Peter took him aside, began to rebuke him. But after turning around and looking at his disciple, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You do not have your mind set on the things of God, but the things of men. He called the crowds of the disciples together and he said to them, if anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. After all, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? In fact, whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of the Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. God's people gathered today to follow Jesus. Much of what we do in our lives is for a while, and then we're done with it. For the children who are here, young people, you go to school, and it seems like a long time, year after year after year, but a time comes when we're done going to school. 
holding down a job. Years, decades, have to go work, earn your living. But a time comes when that's finished. Or taking care of your responsibilities with your families, bringing up children, taking care of one another. That can seem like a long time, but there comes a time when that also is finished. There are not many things that go on for a whole lifetime, but there are some. And they're rather basic ones. You eat. You sleep. You clean yourself up. And you follow Jesus. Every day, every year, the rest of your life. Don't quit, don't stop, don't give up. You just keep going to the end. Now, why must this be so? This is what our Lord Jesus is bringing up for us in the lesson we read for our gospel. And what he has to say is not hard to understand. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? And so your Lord Jesus is reminding us that we have souls. We have that in us which is part of eternity. That within us that survives our death and the loss of our flesh in this world and place and time. And that comes before God and comes before his judgment. And all who have followed their Lord and their Savior Jesus will come and live in his eternity and all those who have left, who have quit, who've given up, who've turned away. They forfeit their very selves, their very souls, and they lose everything. We had a very interesting reading chosen for today from the book of Job. And we read verse after verse, they lost this, he lost this, he lost this, he lost this. What do we hear? His property, his flocks, his herds, his work, his business, his family. All of it lost to him. Lose everything? Can that happen? Does that happen? I've heard some pretty distressful stories in my life in ministry. Yes, people can lose everything here. As all of us will. It struck me as I was going through that reading and wondering why is that chosen for today? It's a very powerful reminder we will lose everything here. We heard Job say, as he realizes he's lost everything, 
Naked I came into the world from my mother's womb, and naked I will enter the life and the world to come. I don't know if you realize it, but those same words will be repeated over you at your burial. Those same words are going to repeat it about you. We'll have lost everything that makes up your life here. And the people and the relationships. It's a challenging thought, isn't it? A challenging thought that you and I can lose everything except for what we have in our Lord Jesus and our life in him except for him who says, you who have followed me, come, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Think of having lived your whole life. All the work, all the effort, and it ends up with nothing. No, with less than nothing, with the judgment of God the judgment of God for not following him. So I hope you are thinking, am I going to follow Jesus or not? Well, keep all this in mind. How close am I going to stay to Jesus? Keep this in mind. The decisions of life that we have to make. Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to live? What's my work going to be? Keep this in mind. If you have a family, keep this in mind. Because our Lord has called us to follow him and be his. And yet his concern, which is very clear in this lesson we read, is not just that we understand that we need to follow him, but that there's a cost involved. There's a challenge involved. It won't be easy. Take up your cross, he says, and follow me. Cross. That's a pretty fierce word, isn't it? Especially in our church decorated with the cross. We think of the cross of Jesus, the cross of suffering. Take up your cross and follow me, he says. The cross that comes because in this world in which you and I live, there are those who do not want us to be with Jesus and those who will try to take us away from Jesus. Now you know that there are places in this world where Christians are persecuted, harassed, threatened, intimidated by the governments of the lands in which they live. One of my friends is very active in our ministries in China. He told me what it's like. What it's like for your fellow Christians there. When your government can uh, let you know where you live that uh, you, you have to move out of this apartment now. You can't live here anymore. Where do I go? Well, that's your problem. Oh, you don't have a job. Don't come back. Or your children aren't going off to the uh, university. They're not going to school. They're not going to be accepted. 
or you can't have any gatherings like church services. Or it's against the law for you to tell your children about Jesus. Same in India, under Hindu government, what's it like in mostly Muslim countries in the Middle East and North Africa. And there are places where there's not just threatening and harassing. People are driven out of the land, put in prison camps, and killed. Jesus, help them bear that cross and stay faithful to you. Then there are Christians who are living in great poverty and in great need, have even the most basic concerns of life. Another friend of mine, retired missionary, told me, this is some 40, 50 years ago when it happened, of seeing his church members eating bark from trees and weeds from fields because of the famine of the land. A famine the government didn't want to acknowledge or admit and forbade him or anybody else from helping those people. Think of the millions, tens of millions of refugees not wanted where they were living and not wanted anywhere else as well. How hard it must be to have so little. And wonder, does God care? Does God see? And what about those fellow Christians? Do they care? Do they see? Lord Jesus, help them carry that cross and stay faithful to you. Other people live in very rich lands where people live better than they've ever lived any time in any place in all of history. Where they have so many things and still buy more things. And where they are so busy with their things that they don't have much time for the things of God. Or much need that they feel of their God because the world around them gives them everything they could possibly want. What would they need Jesus for? Lord Jesus, help us who live in this kind of a world and place to stay faithful to you. Then there are places where there's moral decay and rot, where people are told repeatedly, you do what you want to do. Whatever you think, God will be right. Go and act on what you desire to do. Even if you walk out on your marriage, even if you walk out on your families, even if you destroy the conceived child in you, even if you cheat and lie and take from what other people have so you can get yourself ahead. Lord Jesus, help us to bear the cross of living in the midst of so many who think this way. You heard Jesus warn us we're living in a, a time of an adulterous and a sinful generation. And it's pulling people away from their Lord and keeping them from following him. As they are like that world around them. 
And so Jesus is warning us, you're going to have to take your cross and you're going to have to be different. But where can we go to get away from the world around us? And then Jesus says, but don't forget, wherever you go, the world goes with you. And how do you get away from yourself? And so when our Lord Jesus to the lesson said, take up your cross and follow me, he also said, deny yourself. Because you've got a far worse enemy than the world out there. You've got an enemy inside of you. We who have been conceived and born in sin, our Lord Jesus reminded us, it's just a chapter before in this Gospel of St. Mark, from within, from out of our hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly. These things come out of our very being. How hard they are to control. How difficult it is to control anything. We are challenged trying to control what we eat and drink or what ideas come into our heads. And we're challenged trying to control what we say to others, what we do for others. And our Lord Jesus says when he brings up deny yourself, you must say no to yourself. You must control yourself. You must stop those things that are wrong that come out of your hearts and your minds. You must listen to him. You must follow his ways. You must live your life for the reason which he gave it was you take what you are and have and use it for the good of others. And what kind of a challenge that is. Deny yourself. Undo what's wrong in you. See your sins. Confess your sins. Repent of your sins. And do that for your lifetime. Your whole lifetime. We can do that only with the help and strength of our Lord Jesus. Through his Holy Spirit. So the word and sacraments said, not only sustain us, but give us that purpose, that direction. And here in the fellowship and community of his people, his church. And remember who it is who's calling us to follow him. It's your God. It's your Lord Jesus. It's your Savior who came from where he is into this world and place under sin and distress and evil and under the power of death. And he came to us, why? Well, he explained that to us also in our reading. Because he must suffer. Because he must lay down his life. Because he must be killed. He knows how it's going to turn out for him. He knows what he's here to do. The sin offering so he can be the sin forgiving. We read about that in a Romans lesson, didn't we? Since we've been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him if when we were God's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son? 
How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through him? Through him who was crucified, dead, buried, and then rose again on the third day. Rose again because he had finished what he came to do. Because he had opened the doors of heaven for us. Because he has come to be our Savior. He's the one who calls on you to follow him through all your life. He's the one who says, follow me so you don't have to follow the devil. Follow me to eternal life so you don't have to face eternal death. Follow me to God's heaven so you don't go to Satan's hell. Come to me. Remember who's calling you to follow him. What he would give to you. No one in this world will understand why we do it. They can't see Jesus as something good, necessary, a blessing. You and I do. We cannot stop being with Jesus. We must be with Jesus. We will be with Jesus all the way to the end. His words for us. If anyone is ashamed of me and of my words, son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his father's glory with the holy angels. Whoever acknowledges me before men, him will I acknowledge before my father in heaven. God grant this to us all. Amen. One of the blessings of uh, serving you and the congregation is having funerals here and seeing people who have finished all the way with their Lord and knowing many of their stories. What a challenge it has been. Yet what blessing to say of them they finished with the Lord. Praise be to God. And after that service and sermon, we do what we're going to do now. We turn to the Apostles' Creed on page 268, and we join in our confession. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Almighty and merciful God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you, bless you, and keep you. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Building on the Rock. 
produced by St. Peter's Lutheran Congregation of Fond du Lac, serving our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ since 1858. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8 or 10.30, or every Thursday night at 6.30. Our address is 1600 South Main Street. St. Peter's serves Jesus' little lambs with a preschool through 8th grade Lutheran Elementary School and supports Winnebago Lutheran Academy. We invite you to take advantage of the many opportunities that St. Peter's provides to help you build your life on the rock-solid foundation of Jesus and his word. For more information, call us at 922-1160 or visit us at stpetersfdl.net. We'll be back next week with another edition of Building on the Rock. Until then, God be with you.